You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Stephen Graham Jones is the author of My Heart is a Chainsaw, and his new novel is Don't Fear the Reaper. Both novels turn on the minutiae of the slasher film, and Stephen is, must be an authority on slasher films because his character <laughs> sure is. Stephen, if we want to watch a slasher just to get us familiar with the genre, because your writing mm-hmm. is so good, it really doesn't matter what terrain, but you're gonna, the readers are going to enjoy it. What, it, it. what slasher would you mention, would you suggest for us to start with? Oh, man, just one slasher, like to rule them all, like the rings and Lord of the Rings, right? Um, I would probably land on Halloween from 1978, John Carpenter's. It's often called the first slasher. I think it's the slasher that codified the slasher that gave us the formula, the rules. Um, there was also Black Christmas before it, like four years before it, I think, which does, it, it's like 99% of slasher too. I don't want to dismiss Black Christmas. It's amazing. And some people say Psycho and Peeping Tom from 1960 were the first slasher, but for, for someone new to the genre, I'm not so interested in giving them a history lesson. I'm interested in giving them a good story and a thrilling story and a scary story. And I think John Carpenter and Deborah Hill in Halloween 1978 gave us that really scary story that sticks with you. Like at the end of it, you walk out, you walk away from that film and you're not sure if Michael Myers is going to be around the corner or not. And that's a wonderful, wonderful, terrible feeling to have. You know, it strikes me that, um, the genre has imitated itself so much that it, mm. that even the the paler imitations have come to have substance because they're mm. you know they're part of this giant herd. So talk mm-hmm. about some of the smaller films that we might want to look at. Yeah, like a one that gets dismissed a lot is Intruder. I think it's from 1989. It's a another closed door slasher. It happens and an overnight shift of a grocery store that's being closed down or sold. I forget maybe both of those. And, and it's just a tight little slasher. Like it, it feels like you're right that even the slashers that are lesser known still have a little bit of that magic or sometimes they have a lot of that magic. And um, this is one of those intruder intruder definitely has that. And cause what's, what's wonderful about intruder is the mystery elements that you legitimately like in scream in 1996 seven years later you don't know who is doing this and you don't figure it out until the very end until the characters figure it out and um that's a that's a really cool experience a really cool ride to take with a film i think you know one thing about slashers is they are decidedly in a sense realistic i mean yeah, uh, because they they are all you know it, it's people doing the killing with a knife generally or something like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but they do sometimes slide into the supernatural and yeah. you know the best example is Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a terrific mm-hmm. film and and mm-hmm. uh, Craven also had done uh, slashers of his own account you know that yeah. are standard issue. So talk about that decision. Um, that tension between the supernatural slasher and the realistic mm-hmm. slasher. You know, I think the Friday the 13th franchise is a good one to talk about in that regard, because the first um, four films, the first five films in that franchise, you can argue that they're not supernatural, that this 
person in the hockey mask killing everyone is just really resilient or really driven by this need to do what he does. Um, or in the first four films, in the fifth film, it's a different person, but it's still not supernatural. But then in the sixth film, Jason is risen from the dead by a bolt of lightning and he becomes some sort of zombie thing that to a lot of people doesn't make sense. And then for the rest of that franchise, he's kind of a dead person who also is walking around killing people with a machete. He has this serious beef with camp counselors and anybody who walks into his territory. Um, but the, the, I guess the real question is what changes in the slasher when it goes from um, not supernatural to supernatural. And I think what changes is that the slasher character who persists from film to film, like Jason Voorhees in the Friday 13th movies, that he becomes the main character. He becomes the one the audience roots for um, because he's the, conti- he's the continuing one, you know? And like really until, I mean, I guess Halloween did it and then Scream did it again, but not many other films did had the final girl persist and face another slasher or the same slasher again through the different installments. Um, in Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Nancy does come back in movie three and then the seventh installment. The seventh installment isn't quite in continuity. Um, but yeah, I, to tell you the truth, I think that's kind of dangerous too when the slasher, when the killer becomes the one we're rooting for, you know? And not because it like sullies us, but because I think the focus should be on the survivors, not on the person dispensing death. You know, um, I talk about the narrative aspects uh, of the slasher movie, you mentioned the final girl, which is Mm -hmm. a term that people who know slashers know what that that means. There's even, I Mm -hmm. think, a slasher called the Final Girls Academy or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. (laughs) along Mm -hmm. those lines. Uh, Mm -hmm. Talk about, you know, how that the strength of that story, just the sheer strength of it, keeps grabbing us even if you have put a different face on the characters. Yeah, the final girl, I mean, just for anyone who doesn't isn't familiar with that term, um, generally like a a killer of some sort will come after a group of people and pick off those people one by one until there's one survivor, and that's the final girl usually. And she usually survives because um, she's vigilant and she is aware of the possibility of threat and she doesn't put herself in harm's way and therefore she makes it through. And then when she faces off to her slasher, she kind of like blooms or blossoms into almost a warrior like she's had this this fighter inside her the whole time but she's never been in a confrontation where she has to express that fight herself and then finally with the slide because of the slasher because of this horror adventure she has to develop into basically a different person which is which is really cool but as for how slashers work like for society for us or maybe for us as individuals is um i think the final girl versus a slasher is um a model of how to resist a bully. That's what a slasher is, basically. It's a bully. It's somebody trying to steal your lunch money in fifth grade on the playground. And you can submit and give them your money and not get beat up, or you can stand up to them and push back and insist on yourself that you want to eat your own lunch. You want to have your own lunch money. You, you, you're not going to have them take it. And that, the final girl, when she's working properly, she provides a space or a model for us to step into and kind of empower us to um, insist on our own selves and Push back against bullies, and I think that's why I'll forever be invested in the final girl. You know, um, when you were talking, I, the these aspects of the slasher movie sometimes mm-hmm. show up in other movies. I think 
uh, most certainly mm. in Alien and Aliens, which is uh, mm. in many ways a, a perfect slasher movie that's yeah. entirely, you know, somewhat unrealistic in that it's yeah. in the future, yeah. but it, it really works on the same kind of uh, mm-hmm. tropes. It does, yeah. It's, it's funny because the movie Alien from what seventy nine, I guess, um, it works just like a slasher. It's got all the elements and it, it all just locks into place quite nicely. But then. When you go to Aliens, the sequel, the plural Alien, and you've got just a horde of of aliens, it's a totally different story. It's no longer a slasher. You know, it's more of a infestation or something. A war story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, one thing too about slashers is the that that I think is really admirable is that by virtue of the fact of where they take place is you know there are pretty like down and dirty movies in that you know mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of glitz you don't have a lot mm-hmm. of superpowers you mm-hmm. you have really you know people who are by definition going into the genre they are just uh average people and that yeah. makes them that gives them a, a wide appeal i think to a big audience no i completely agree and also like on a different level, you generally don't get like established movie stars. You're not going to see Tom Cruise in a slasher. You know, you're not going to, I mean, we have seen Tom Hanks in a slasher, but that wasn't 80 or 81. So that was a long time ago. Um, Yeah. And, but I think that's really, really wonderful using lesser known actors and slashers because when you have a, when you have a Tom Cruise or someone like that on the, on the, on the set, then you feel like that person's going to survive, you know? And, but when you have people that you're not necessarily super familiar with, then any of them can die. And that's why Scream was such a revolution, revolutionary thing, because Drew Barrymore was the biggest star in that production. And she dies in the first 12 minutes. And people are like, I can't believe that happened. That's kind of like Janet Lee dying in Psycho. You know, it's, it's a weird thing to happen, but, but you're totally right. Um, that, the characters and slashers, they don't come into it with a magic sword or they can't jump over a building or any of that stuff. You know, they're just they're just trying to scrabble and survive like the rest of us. And I think that's a big part of why we all identify or we all have the potential to identify with a slasher. Well, also, too, I, I mean, in terms of business terms, films are a money making venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, Halloween was made with less than the budget of a day of catering for an for for yeah. a con for a movie made these days, and yeah. over the years it's generated more, you know, income than uh-huh. many a movie. And I think that's really interesting that movies uh-huh. without a lot of effects, with not big stars, but uh-huh. just with a really strong story that we you know uh-huh. kind of all intuitively understand, are really appealing to us. No, you're right. If if a little story that was cheaply made can legitimately frighten us, then that ha- that movie will probably have long legs. It can go a long ways, you know, like Paranormal Activity did it as well. Blair Witch Project did it. Um, when something can find a way, it, it can shoot itself for $50,000 and still include more terror than a $300 million budget thing, then that movie's probably going to stand up and go places. Uh, and that means um that suggests too that one of the things that's appealing about slashers mm-hmm. and one of the things that's super appealing about your novels that involve slashers are slashers involve people mm-hmm. who like slashers mm-hmm. is that you know the strength of the story these are very this is a strong narrative i mean mm-hmm. it, it it's not like there's nobody sitting with their chin in their hands gazing out the kitchen window waiting for epiphany 
Yeah. No, there's not. There's not. Um, they're running and gunning. You know, like if you watch Cabin in the Woods, you can kind of put a stopwatch on it, and there's a gag about every ten or twelve minutes. You know, and it keeps us invested. Like anytime the story would seem to sense that we're drifting away, or we're looking at our phone, or talking to somebody else, it pulls us right back in. You know, and that that's one thing I really love about the Flash, and that's what I tried to do at Don't Fear the Reaper. That's why there's big events happening every little bit. You know, so that the reader hopefully can't drift away. You know, and that's true. So talk a little bit about taking a genre that's primarily film, but mm-hmm. turning it into two books, then we cannot wait for the third. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. The slasher grew up at the box office, and so many of its techniques are kind of steeped in cinema, and they are tricky to translate to the page. And I think that the way that I tried to approximate the feel of that, of the cinematic techniques in these two books anyways, is by um, employing present tense. Because movies always feel kind of present tense. Even when it's like a Carlito's way that's told, it still feels present tense, I, I feel like. Or American Beauty is like that too. Um, so the present tense was very helpful to me in these to do that. And um, and it was also helpful, like you can think of the the chapters in here as chapters, but to tell you the truth, they feel a little bit like scenes to me, you know? And and then those little papers that come between the chapters are like a break. And not, I mean, they're not, not, not where you turn your brain off, but they're like a different mode you drop into and you come back out to another scene. And um, I love those and, parts, by the way. Those, those oh, thank you so like much. really thank make you. the book. And they're so much <laughs> fun. You. And you can tell too <laughs> that that's one of the things about these books is I can mm-hmm. tell that you are having a mm-hmm. hell of a good time. Mm-hmm. You're saying, we mm-hmm. can practically hear you cackling as you're yeah. pounding the yeah. typewriter. No, it's it's so fun. Um, it it's, especially though that first round of papers that Jade writes in My Heart Is a Chainsaw, they were so fun to write. It's so fun to write in her voice to be in that courier font and just use her kind of malapropisms and 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 the way she runs through punctuation. She's really fun. I, I totally had. A, you're right. I totally had a blast doing that. And, and the, the editors, the editors actually had to pull me back because each of Jade's papers were originally about 10 pages long. And they said, you get two pages for each paper. <laughs> if you're interested in a slasher movies, the two new novels by Stephen Graham Jones are My Heart is a Chainsaw and Don't Fear the Reaper. You'll find everything you want and maybe more than you expect. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Stephen. Thank you. It was an honor talking to you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.